the first question is from Jenny Ransom from Pink Travel Suitcase. And Jenny says, hi, Sandra. Today, my question is about the budget. I've projected income for 2023. And I noticed that with my conservative, realistic projections for next year, I'm still using about 50% of my income towards expenses. What is a good ratio when it comes to operating expenses? So the first thing I'll say to you is if you're using 50% of your profit or 50% of your expenses, you want to check that there. But think about uh, businesses when they operate, when they asked about their profit margin, you know, for a business to operate with a 40% profit margin or a 60% profit margin, the profit margins that you will find the highest are the service profit, mar uh, the service businesses. So hairdressers that don't have um, a salon that they have to pay for or upkeep or people like myself, business coaches that work from home because we don't have an office. So we use online tools. Um, it, there's not a set number. I think like for myself, I operate, I want to say if I didn't, so here's the thing. I have an S corp and that has a lot of really good legal tax benefits. So if I couldn't run everything through my business as a business expense, I would say that I would operate at an 80% profit margin because I really don't need a lot to do my job. They're mostly actually online tools and resources um, and my team. And then I would say that because I pass a lot of stuff through my business, which I'm allowed to do, it makes me then run at say maybe like a 35% profit margin. So I guess the better question is, is that income, is that profit, sorry, enough for you? Are you happy with that profit? When you look at it and you should have already paid yourself in the expenses, when you look at that profit, are you happy with it? But there's really not a percentage. And I, you can see there in the two examples that I gave you that um, it really depends on, you know, if you're running all these things for your business and your business entity. And yeah, just if you're happy with that level of income. It's really interesting to see if you just tweak the planning fees or um, how much that changes there as well. Okay, next question is from Wendy Holmes from Travel Raids and her question is about the events. She says, hi Sandra, can you share your plan for how to get the most out of a conference for a new and mid-level travel advisor? I'm, th I'm thinking start by researching to see if your key suppliers will be present reach out to your BDM and see if they are accepting appointments or walk-ups only. Plus, I want to tie this back to my financial spreadsheet from Travel Marketing Revolution, but I feel like I'm missing something. What else would you do? I love this question. I've never been asked this. So if you're going to a conference, well, this is what I do when I'm going to a conference. The first thing that I do is I look at the program and I check to see who is speaking. And I ask myself, if I got time with this person one-on-one, -on -one, would that help me to move my business forward? So getting time with a CEO of a company one-on-one -on -one if you're a travel advisor is not going to help you to move your business forward. You want to get uh, time with the marketing team or the sales team or the business development team. So have a look at your focus suppliers, your five to 10, six to 10 focus suppliers. Check and see if they're going to be there and make sure that you book some time. So they might tell you that the trade show is the best time to come and see them or they might be happy to sit down and have coffee with you. That is the main thing I would do. The second thing I would do is I would look at all of the sessions and I would go one session at a time and ask myself, do I need this for my business? Will this help my business to move forward? 
if I don't go to this session what and I don't learn these skills, what would be the consequence? And then also try and see if the session has some outcomes to it as well. And honestly, that's what I do before I go to a conference. It's what I do before I go to every conference, even the ones that I speak at. You're doing exactly the right thing and you're on exactly the right path. Our next question is from Laurie Johnson from Pura Vida Vacations and her question is about sales. So she says, hi, Sandra, when I'm working with suppliers, they do a total price for itinerary with no breakdown. I'm currently struggling when I have to ask for itinerary to be revised, which requires removing tours and changing hotels. To save the hotel and the itinerary, they do want, to save the hotel and the itinerary they want, they want to know the cost before making the deposit. We are adjusting because suppliers way overpriced itinerary above their budget I submitted. How do I word this to clients even though in our planning meeting I said the vacation package is one price and flights are separate price? So yeah, this is really um, challenging. It's not so much um, a question relating to marketing, but like you're right, it's a sales question. It It starts with expectations and you're doing exactly the right thing before your planning meeting. I don't know if you book all packages um, or not, but here's the answer for everybody. If you ever book packages, meaning that it's one price and everything included or a number of elements included, you have to be upfront with the clients and say, this is a package, it comes together. It's like a meal with no substitutions. I'm not allowed to change anything. And to explain it like that and say, if you want to do a whole new um, package, then this is how that would work. If that's an option that you want to give the alternative and then say to them, that's how the packages work. If you are very particular about the type of hotel you stay in, or you want to have various options, then a package may not be for you. Here's the thing. Packages offer great value, but more restrictions. And I think that that's the way to word it, Laurie. Just say, you know what? The great thing about packages is that they offer amazing value, great savings. Unfortunately, it's not broken down per line item. When we buy a package, it's like buying a happy meal or something that's all inclusive. However, the un- the d- only downside of buying a package and getting all that great value is that it's not flexible. It's not easy to sub out different things. So ask the question, what's more important to you? Would you rather have value or would you rather have options and be able to have flexibility? Because I can work with either. It just depends on what's most important to you. There's always a way to word it. And I know sometimes it's hard to find the wording. um, But I think that's definitely the right way to do it. um, To explain to them that packages give value. And without doing packages, you have more flexibility. So what's more important to you? Value or flexibility? This question is from Anne Dansk from Daybreak Destinations Travel. And she wants to talk about weekly content. She asks the question, she says, I send out weekly emails and content, or I want to. I've managed to complete six weeks of content and have it all set up in ConvertKit. I have over a year's worth of topics remaining. Those initial six weeks took forever to do. I'm by myself. I cannot afford a team member right now. I think part of what's holding me back is my need to get all the details and flesh it all out. The task to write just seems insurmountable. Even when I have what I need, I get terrible writer's block and don't know where to start. 
the words just don't seem to flow. Do you have any suggestions on how to get the words on paper flowing? What about those AI services like Jasper or the new chat GPT stuff? Thanks. So Anne, if you have 50 bundles or 20 bundles from your membership, you have 20 weeks of content or 50 weeks of content. Take the article from your bundle and pop that on your website as a blog or an article. In your email sequence, all you are doing is writing the first, copying and pasting the first one or two paragraphs and then putting a button that says continue reading and direct it to your website. It literally should take you no more than 15 minutes to post the article to your website and then add, copy and paste the first one or two paragraphs into a sequence. You don't need as a member to write so much weekly content. You don't need to come up with clever emails. That's why you join membership. Take the article in the bundle, pop that into onto your website as a blog or article, add an intro. So maybe, for example, if you specialize in family travel, you might say Cuba is incredible an incredible destination for families. Then go and personalize with maybe one or two more sentences. I Reese, I've I've booked um, several clients to Cuba and their feedback has always been absolutely fantastic. It was never what they expected. It was always much more. And especially those clients with kids, be it toddlers or teenagers, they've always enjoyed Cuba as a destination. Or I've been to Cuba myself. I love traveling to Cuba because X, Y, Z. And then underneath it, here's a little more information that you might, that I know you'll enjoy reading about Cuba And at the outro, if you would like to add Cuba to your bucket list or chat about planning your next vacation to Cuba or anywhere else, um, hit reply to this email. Then in the PS you're writing, next week we'll be talking all about Dubai. So that's all you're doing. I think that you're overthinking it, Anne. I think that you're thinking there's way more involved. Take the article from your bundle, put it on your website as a blog slash article, whatever you call it. Then go into ConvertKit or whatever you're using as your email marketing platform. Yeah, ConvertKit and click on your sequence, add a new email to your sequence, copy and paste the first two paragraphs about the article, put a button to read more and push that to your website, link that to your website. So you're driving traffic back in the PS, put the topic for the next week. It is the most simple thing that I think that travel advisors overthink. So if you're having any, um, if you want to kind of learn a little bit more about that, Anne, go ahead in either the app, uh, the Travel Marketing and Media app, if you have it, and everybody should have the app, go to traveladvisorhub.app and download the app if you don't have it. Use your email business, your business email address for sure. But either post in the app, there is um, a community or chat room for marketing. Um, There's also one for email marketing. So you can go in there and do it. Go and post in there and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Why is it taking me so long? Who else is doing weekly emails? How are you doing it so it doesn't take up a ton of your time? And then go and post the same question in the Facebook group. And you can hear from other people how they're doing it. But honestly, it sounds like you're doing too much. As far as the AI um, services are concerned, you don't need them. You do not need them. You just need to use the content that you already have and that you're already paying for. And then our last question for the day is from Jenny Ransom. And Jenny's question is about fresh weekly content. 
She says, hi, Sandra, I struggle with the KLT posts. What are some ideas of posts that you could share to travel advisors to build credibility without looking braggy? Well, here's the thing. The goal of KLT posts is to know, like, and trust someone, but you don't need to use your business to do that. In fact, I actually wouldn't talk shop at all. I wouldn't talk business and I wouldn't talk shop. So a KLT post for me is uh, a little bit about your family, kids, pets, favorite place to travel to. Um, I did one the other day and it was about how we have never given Houston a birthday present ever. Instead, we go on an adventure, a birthday adventure every year because I feel like when he turns 18 that he will remember and look at the photos of the 18 adventures that we gave him as opposed to 18 material toys that we gave him that he probably will never remember. So that kind of a post, I think it really resonated with some people, not everybody. Um, some people felt like that's mean, you should buy your kid a gift. But other people, it really resonated with them because it helped them to understand a little bit about how, how I am, what I'm like. And people wrote comments on this saying, oh my gosh, I love this, or I wish I'd have done this with my kids, or yes, I did this with my kids, it's so powerful, or wow, Houston's really lucky, he is going to have all those memories. So I think, Jenny, really think about um, things that are not business related. They don't even have to be travel related. Um, they don't have to be about running a business. Um, I try to make mine somewhat travel related, like that one about Houston and doing adventures or travel instead. Um, but you know, it could be about when I travel, I collect such and such. Um, you know, I started this collection of fridge magnets when I was 18, but I lost my box. My friend Peter actually lost my box when we were moving house. I don't know how. And so I lost like 40 countries worth of fridge magnets. So then since then I stopped collecting fridge magnets cause I was just devastated. And now I collect Christmas tree decorations. What do you collect? And that would be a picture of like a really nice Christmas tree decoration that I have in like portrait mode, that kind of a thing. So I hope that that helps Jenny to kind of figure out like what kinds of things, if you steer away from work and away from, um, yeah, away from work and away from business, and you can still keep it that travel kind of a theme. Um, it might be like how many pairs of shoes you pack when you travel. You know, I'm not one of those people that need eight pairs of shoes. I can literally travel with two pairs of shoes, maximum three. This is what I take. How about you? And then I might just have a picture. I get my husband to take a picture of my feet, um, you know, um, like as if they're like in walking mode. 